Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Mike, Mike. Mike. with Lee Lonsberry from Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, Texas, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike. We've covered a lot of ground today. We, we spoke first off in this program to Fraser Bullock. Remember his name? He now is the president and CEO of the Salt Lake. Utah Committee for the Games. The big news of today is that Utah is after the Olympics again. Uh, Winter Olympics. We did so well in 2002 in almost every category. Uh, You look at revenue. You look at the experience of the athletes. You look at the facilities, uh, how they have endured and are used even still today. There are some world championship speed skaters going to get together tomorrow and through the weekend and compete on a facility that was put up to host the Winter Olympics in 2002. I've been around the country uh, and I've seen cities who have in years past hosted Winter Olympics and Summer Games and it is it's always depressing to see how the facilities have faded and fallen into disrepair with time, uh, namely Lake Placid. I grew up in western New York, and from time to time, me and the Boy Scouts would hit the road and drive up into the Adirondack Mountains and visit often Lake Placid, uh, which I believe has hosted the Winter Games three times. Uh, in 19, Here's some trivia for you. Lake Placid, the first time they hosted the Winter Games was in 1932. You know, th- you know which city they competed with uh, to host the Games that year? Salt Lake City. There's some... Uh, Amy, that's for the file of facts. Remember, Virginia is a commonwealth, and Salt Lake City first sought the games in 1932. The winner that year was Lake Placid. We'll have the live mic quiz later in the week. <laughs> so I have seen these facilities around the country fall into disrepair. It's a terrible, heartbreaking thing to see the Olympic rings on a building uh, that's falling down and rusty and out of use. That's not the case here in Salt Lake City. You heard Fraser Bullock uh, early this morning tell us that uh, every single facility that was put up for the Olympics in 2002 is still in use today. That's a pretty good case for why they ought to come back and be here in this great state again. So we're going to follow that progress. Uh, Fraser let us know that he is meeting with the U.S. Olympic committee uh just this weekend they're going to talk about the big decision that the the committee needs to make and that is whether or not or whether the uh, olympics will be pursued by utah in 2030 or 2034 uh so 2030 or 2034 that's the big uh thing we need to follow on this olympics back here in utah story if it's going to be uh, attempted to host in 2030 or 20. 20- 
2030 or 2034. So I'm uh, excited about that. We later on talked, of course, about the New Hampshire primaries. Uh, exciting stuff, kind of, if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, Bernie Sanders won the day right behind him, Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete uh, and then it was Amy Klobuchar, uh, the best of the rest, with some uh, surprisingly uh, disappointing results out of Elizabeth Warren. We'll see how much longer she lasts in this race uh, if she's not able to pick up some real steam, say, in places like Nevada or South Carolina. Anyway. That's all looking backward. Let's look forward here for a second. The segment we're going to deal with here now and in uh, the, the following segment on the program has to do with the celebration of women's suffrage. I know it sounds trite for me to say, but uh, some of the people in my life to whom I have uh, looked up the most have been uh, women. A, a younger sister of mine, uh, she just a few weekends ago uh, raised her hand and was commissioned an officer in the United States Army. She's been in for a long time in the enlisted ranks. She was a drill sergeant. Uh, and now she's an officer uh, commanding. And I'm so I'm looking forward to uh, her career. And I have forever looked up uh, to my little sister uh, from well before uh, she put on the uniform of Uncle Sam. And certainly ever since uh, my mother, a wonderful, strong woman. And my beautiful wife, who just gave me uh, a beautiful baby daughter. Uh, women are important. Women are strong. And I'm a big fan of them. And so I uh, would like to add my voice to the choir singing the praises of uh, women here in the state of Utah. And in particular, uh, women's suffrage here in the state. Uh, there is a resolution before the Utah legislature right now, sponsored in the Senate by Deidre Henderson. Uh, she and I spoke just the other day about an effort she is behind dealing with polygamy. Well, today it's a uh, women's suffrage she's working on and she spoke this morning with KSL's Dave and Dejanovic and she spoke first off about the history of the vote for women here in the state of Utah. 150 years ago today Utah's uh, suffrage laws went into effect. We were the second state to pass suffrage laws. Wyoming was the first state but two days later on February 14, 1870 Utah women were the very first women in the nation to actually vote under an equal suffrage law. That's a big deal. Uh, quick correction, she spoke with uh, Boyd Matheson on his program, Inside Sources, not with uh, Dave and DeGeneres. So Inside Sources with Dave, uh, with Boyd Matheson, uh, Senator Henderson spoke. She later uh, talked about Martha Hughes Cannon. We elected the very first female state senator in 1896. Martha Hughes Cannon ran against her husband, Angus, for a Utah State Senate seat, and she beat him. The Salt Lake Tribune called her the better man of the two. That's pretty good. Lastly, she shared uh, some of her views on Utah, where we stand now, and how we're not quite where we need to be. As trailblazing as Utah was in the early days, we've kind of fallen behind in, in recent years. Uh, Martha Hughes Cannon was the first state senator, ele- female state senator elected in the nation in 1896. But since then, in the, in the intervening years, there have only been 29 female state senators elected. Mm. So, it, you know, it's... Um, we're, we're not quite there yet. And I think it's really important for people to recognize that we need voices of women in the public square and that it's okay to have women's voices in the public square and that we really should do a better job encouraging women to have a voice in the public square. The resolution uh, being forwarded by 
uh, Senator Deidre Henderson, along with the chief sponsor in the House, Melissa Ballard. It talks about a number of things. The way these resolutions work, and we talked about this earlier today, it is an expression of the attitude or will uh, or belief and opinion of the legislative body. And the way they are uh, structured is they will go through a number of evidences, uh, the whereas statements before leading to a therefore be it resolved statement. In this case, uh, the be it therefore resolved statement is the legislature of the state of Utah celebrates being the first place in the nation where women voted under a women's suffrage law. Be it further resolved, the legislature acknowledges the legacy of Utah's strong, influential female trailblazers who served in their families and communities and honors the Utah suffragists who advanced the rights of women and promoted the democratic values at the core of the United States. Uh, be it further resolved, the legislature encourages Utah women to continue to participate in civic life. Uh, I can't really pass resolutions here on the program, but uh, we'll figure out we'll figure out a, a legislative structure for uh, this program. And I will uh, add my own voice to these resolutions that uh, I would encourage Utah women to continue to participate in civic life. Quick uh, bit of history. Women's suffrage here in Utah, as you heard Senator Henderson point out, uh, granted in 1870. But it was an interesting foot race that year. So here's what happened. Uh, Wyoming, uh, oddly enough, granted suffrage to women earlier than Utah. They did it uh, via legislation. And then it was only after Wyoming granted suffrage to women that Utah uh, gained its suffrage or Utah women gained suffrage. But here's the interesting thing. The first election to be held after the passage of these two measures by Wyoming and Utah was here in Utah. So that's how it is uh, that uh, Utah uh, woman was the first to vote. Uh, it's kind of interesting bit of trivia that may or may not be on the live mic quiz at the end of the week, uh, producer Amy. So we'll <laughs> you'll be surprised. Next up, I'm going to share with you something that Amy found this morning. I have bored you uh, time and time again with these old newspaper articles I like to read. I don't find them boring, uh, but humility <laughs> prompts me to call them boring. Uh, well, Amy found a fascinating one, uh, and I'm going to share it with you. It's 150 years old. It talks about suffrage here in the Utah, uh, and it was published in the Deseret News 150 years ago. I'll share that with you next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. This is Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Deval Patrick getting out of the race. Didn't see that one coming. Wonder who's next. I, I don't like betting on this type of thing, but I do sometimes play like fantasy politics, and I wonder who might be uh, getting out next. My guess is going to be uh, Tulsi Gabbard. We're going to see an announcement out of Tulsi Gabbard. I uh, predict soon. We saw Andrew Yang get out of the race just last night. Uh, the big winners, of course, in New Hampshire, Sanders. Uh, won the night, 25.9% of uh, ballots cast were in his favor, followed uh, by Mayor Pete Buttigieg, uh, and then it was Amy Klobuchar uh, who outperformed the polls leading up to uh, last night's New Hampshire primary by almost 10 percentage points. The average of the polls uh, was, had her at 11% uh, support, and then when the final results were released, she was almost 20% uh, in her favor, Elizabeth Warren uh, finished a disappointing 9.3%, expected to do a little better than that. And if she's going to hang on, uh, she's going to need to see some drastically different results come Nevada. 
and South Carolina. And then next month, it's our turn, Super Tuesday, Utah, part of that, March 3rd. We'll be covering that pretty closely. Uh, I want to talk to you. I want to continue talking to you about this women's suffrage here in the state. It's the sesquicentennial of the first ballot cast by a woman here in the state of Utah. That on Friday, uh, the measure passed uh, today. Uh, allowing for women's suffrage. It's been fascinating to look into the history of this event. And I'd invite you to dig yourself into this history. It's complicated. Okay, it is that the, the end result is absolutely wonderful. Uh, women's suffrage equality on that front is absolutely uh, paramount and I think uh, a vital uh, ingredient to a healthy democracy. Uh, but as all things, uh, there, are, there are extra little twists and uh, complications and things that uh, make you scratch your head. And that's all part of uh, every bit of history, uh, including uh, women's suffrage here in the state of Utah. So have a look at that if you have some time. I want to share with you right now a fascinating news article. You know, I'm big into these archived uh, newspapers. In fact, one of my favorite sites, and this isn't a plug, it's, it's something I genuinely love. It's uh, newspapers.com. That's an Ancestry.com property. And what this site has done over the years is just compile uh, endless archives of these old newspapers. They've been indexed, so you can search by words, and it's absolutely fascinating uh, to type in uh, these keywords and dates from 100, 150 years ago and find out how how the news was covered then. We last uh, dipped into uh, an old edition of the Deseret News when we were looking at the Andrew Johnson impeachment of 1868. Well, just two years after that, uh, the Deseret News, uh, under the direction of the same editor and publisher who published the uh, opinion piece regarding Andrew Johnson's impeachment, George Q. Cannon, who here's another little bit of uh, live mic trivia. George Q. Cannon, his great great grandson Chris Cannon, would later go on and serve as a as a House manager, a prosecutor, prosecuting a president of the United States in the midst of an impeachment proceeding. Uh, pretty crazy stuff, uh, and it's uh, fascinating. Anyway, that's a tangent. the The focus of this is an article. Uh, published by George Q. Cannon in the Deseret News 150 years ago under the headline, Female Suffrage in Utah. Producer Amy uh, found this for me this morning. I want to share a bit with you now. It reads, the female suffrage question is now fairly before the nation. i got to give you a heads up before I read too much further. This is written in a language and an attitude that comes from a a different time. So if anything sounds funny to you, uh, understand we're reaching pretty far into history, 150 years in fact. It reads, the female suffrage question is now fairly before the nation. Its advocates are as earnest in their labors as if the salvation of the world depended upon their success and the triumph of the movement we believe is only a question of time. The agitation of the question has reached the Rocky Mountains. In our neighboring territory, Wyoming, the cause has triumphed. In Colorado, the ladies are petitioning to have female suffrage legalized there. But success by piecemeal will not satisfy those who are acknowledged as the national leaders of the movement. Nothing short of an amendment to the Constitution of the United States to this effect will do for them. And this is now being eagerly sought. And as the congressmen are noted, among other things, for the for their gallantry and their susceptibility to female charms, the adoption of such an amendment is not at all improbable. 
All right, uh, here's some more live mic trivia. Uh, which amendment to the Constitution, foreshadowed here in this Deseret News article of 1870, which amendment to the Constitution uh, brought about women's suffrage? Uh, think about it. I'll give you the answer next. There will be zero prizes awarded. Uh, I'll continue reading this article here. Uh, universal white male suffrage has been more thoroughly tested in this country than in any other. But uh, but ultimately abounds and thousands of votes are sold to the highest bidders. Hence, the result of the system not so satisfactory as could be wished. Female suffrage might have a tendency to promote purity of elections and its introduction at the ballot box be attended with results as satisfactory as the amalgamation of uh, certain growth and development of powerful uh, nations. We believe it would, and we also think it probable that the power uh, this would place in the hands of women would be used uh, for the benefit of all. This is absolutely fascinating stuff. I'm going to post a link to this article again from 1870 on my Facebook page. Feel free to check it out and, and read it. It goes on at length. And uh, and I'd invite you also to, if you have the opportunity, have the time, and uh, and certainly the curiosity, uh, click through these old papers and share with me what you find. I'm absolutely fascinated by them, uh, and I, I spend a lot of time reading them. There are great stories to behold uh, in these old papers. I'll share that up on the Lee Lonsberry Facebook page, and you can read the rest of it yourself. Uh, again, all of this in commemoration of the 150th year anniversary of women's suffrage becoming the law of the land here in Utah. And on Friday, uh, we're going to celebrate 150 years since the first ballot was cast by uh, a woman, Miss Young, here in the state of Utah. Uh, that's pretty much it for today's program. We're going to be following a lot uh, to overnight and into tomorrow. One of the conversations I'm looking forward to either tomorrow or on Friday will be with Utah County Commissioner Nathan Ivey. He wrote me recently to let me know that Utah County uh, is considering becoming a Second Amendment sanctuary. You've heard that word sanctuary used in immigration circles. There are certain states and municipalities have declared themselves uh, immigration sanctuaries where uh, immigration laws imposed by the federal government uh, won't be enforced. That's the the rules handed down by uh, various municipalities. Well, the certain Second Amendment supporters have co-opted that tactic. Uh, first here in the state of Utah, out in Uinta County, they have made by ordinance, by past ordinance, they have made it a crime to enforce certain state and federal Second Amendment laws believed to be encroaching on the Second Amendment. So uh, we've talked to many other county commissioners all throughout Utah, uh, and there is, surprisingly, if I'm honest, a wide support for this tactic. One, one of the points made by one of the county commissioners, he told me that he was satisfied that Utah's state laws are not uh, an encroachment on the Second Amendment and that the legislators uh, uh, governing the state now uh, are adequate defenders of the Second Amendment so that he didn't feel it necessary in his county. Uh, I forget exactly which county that was, but we're going to go back through uh, all of those uh, in the days upcoming, we're going to follow the progress of all of those efforts. And pretty soon we're going to speak uh, with Utah County. That will be the biggest county uh, so far 
to indicate any willingness to take a step in this direction. It's being considered there now. Uh, Nathan Ivey, commissioner, he's going to join us either tomorrow or Friday to talk about it. We also, of course, are going to continue to follow the goings-on in the United States Senate. One of my big uh, pushes is to let you know that things happen in government other than impeachment. That'll all continue uh, when you and I join back here tomorrow on the next episode of Live Mike. I'm your host, Lee Lonsberry. Next up is Jeff Kaplan's Afternoon News here on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.